So I'm super excited today to continue or finish actually our series called Invitational. Um, I don't know if you guys have been here for all of it. It's been an awesome opportunity. I've heard a lot of good feedback from people, lots of good conversations in family groups about how this really works, what it really looks like. Um, and we're going to wrap it up this morning before next week, which is Easter, right? So we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Can I just say again, if you're in town on Friday, those services that Chris mentioned earlier are actually community-wide services. And so it's all the churches in Highland and Highland area, actually. So from Grant Fork and uh, Piran and other, they all come in and they worship together to remember that we're united in Christ, even though we have different missions and different congregations that are following Jesus in different ways, really. Um, we are united in the fact that we celebrate Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his hope for eternal life, and his church. I don't know if you noticed this morning, but it was, it was a little, it felt a little crazy to me, and it reminded me that there's going to be some places in heaven that's a little crazy. <laughs> Do you think that that's true? I know some people in church don't like to hear that, but I, I, I can't, um, I know for some of you, and it's okay if you're like that, that, that you need some kind of calm, peaceful, tranquil music, you know, you need harps, and they, but some of us are going to need a really loud corner where we can be okay to be a little loud, <laughs> you know, so uh, I get excited about that, and we celebrate all that, the cacophony of praise that God is bringing forth uh, from his creation. It includes all of us in the church. So Friday at noon, come out and worship with us for, uh, uh, to remember the um, death, Jesus' death on the cross. And then Sunday morning, 6.30 a.m., First Baptist Church um, down on Poplar. We're going to celebrate the sunrise service. Then right here, 10 a.m. next Sunday. Um, friends and family, of course, you're welcome. Bring them along. It's a great opportunity to kind of share uh, the good news of Jesus with everyone we meet. So awesome, awesome season we have to celebrate. Well, I mentioned we're going to continue this series this morning, wrapping it up. I want to remind those of you who weren't here the last few weeks, maybe you missed a week or two, what we've been talking about, and it's this idea of being invitational, and, and I was really, my heart was an invitational church, but I mean invitational in life in general, and I told you I had a lot of good feedback from people already, lots of good conversations, but the two things we talked about so far is, the first is to invite one person to one thing, to be the kind of person that says, hey, will you come with me? And we get this model right from Jesus' own life, the way he interacted with people. For, for his own sovereign choice, he decided that he would walk amongst us and then call us individually to follow him. Hey, will you come follow me? Will you come follow me? And, and says many picked up their stuff and followed Jesus or left their stuff and followed Jesus. And we talked about how important it is to not just say you're welcome here, if you show up, it's okay, but to say, would you go with me today? Would you, would you go hang out with me for a minute? Can we grab a cup of coffee? Even more surprising about Jesus our Savior is that sometimes when he walks up to people who are just human, he asks them for stuff he needs. I think of the woman at the well. Isn't that a, per, per, a peculiar position for him to put himself in that he would go to someone else and say, can you give me something? The Son of God. How comfortable we as believers in Christ to be that same position of humility to say, can you help me with something? Can, this is going to be hard. Can you go with me on that? Being invitational all the way across the board, not, not just the fun stuff, maybe the hard stuff. I know some of you have a hard time welcoming people into to difficulties or suffering in your life. Trials, adversity. Why not be invitational? Would you come with me? And, and, and let trust that God is going to demonstrate his glory even in the hard things. Last week, then, we talked about the idea of being invitational and, and kind of flipped it and said it's also about being the kind of people who are invited places, the kind of people who are included. And I had some good conversations with some of you this week about how you are the kind of people that others invite out 
join them in some stuff. Come out. We're having a celebration. We talked last week about Jesus being invited to the wedding feast where he did his first miracle. Had some great conversations with people about what that meant that Jesus chose to reveal his glory at a wedding. Interesting. Lots of conversations, again, in family group about that idea. What does it mean when we're invited? And have we ever been invited when we're uncomfortable going, but we when we pray and discern and, and perhaps go for the sake of the gospel. Or perhaps we don't go for the sake of the gospel. But either way, I hope and pray it's for the sake of the gospel that we would act. Opportunities abound, and we, we talked about maybe three areas that God could be giving us opportunity. Uh, many of us pray for that. I hope God would give me opportunity to share my faith, my life with someone else. Will you help transform my heart into the kind of heart that people feel open toward, that they want to in, invite in, or, or they're going to trust? Um, I got really convicted about that. Some of us are, are so sanctified, we're no earthly good, you know? We're so holy and above it all that no one would dare bring a real problem to us that Christ could solve. Or some of us are so kind of high and mighty that we would never darken the door of a place where sinners are going to hell for lack of the gospel. That's convicting stuff for me. I don't know if you feel that way, man. That's convicting stuff for me. When you know Jesus stooped from his eternal throne to drag me and you out of the muck of our life, that we would then forsake others who are still in the muck of life. It's a tragic thing. But this week, man, this week is an awesome week. We get to celebrate the greatest invitation ever, the wedding invitation. And I don't know, like... I, I'm excited to talk about this from Scripture. It's rooted in Jesus' own words today and the ideas that he put forth about what it looks like to join him in his kingdom. I'm going to ask you to pray with me like you always do. Pray that God would give us insight and wisdom. And I don't care where you are in your journey with Christ. You can ask God for wisdom, and he will grant it. He loves to give that gift. So would you join me in praying today? Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to worship you. And I do pray, Father, that all the hearts and minds gathered here in this time and place have come to seek you, um, not ourselves, not our own wisdom, uh, not more of the same stuff of life, but something different from you. Father God, as we come into your presence and we acknowledge you're holy and worthy of worship, that whenever we turn our hearts and minds to you, we're only doing the, what, what you created us to do to be fully sold out celebrators of your name. Would you help us to have our, our eyes and ears attuned to you today? Would you empower us by your Holy Spirit to understand your word? Would you empower me by your Holy Spirit to speak it rightly, but also to have everyone hear it rightly, Father God, and that we would be totally transformed by the gospel, completely changed because we know you. Father, um, I just pray you would speak truth to our hearts where we are and be glorified in whatever the result is. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to change it up. We've been working from the Gospel of Mark, but today we're going to work from the Gospel of Matthew. And so I'm going to invite you, if you wouldn't turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, one more. It should be on page 691. If you didn't bring a Bible, grab one of ours. We would love you to look at the Word. Don't just take, uh, you know, the pastor said it, so it must be true. Get eyes on it. The, the thing that's beautiful about it is you can read this for yourself and make your own decisions. You can decide um, if you believe this is true or not. So we're going to spend some time this morning working from this text, Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. 
and this awesome parable Jesus tells about what the kingdom of heaven is like. I'll give you a second. Okay. The word says this, Jesus spoke to them again in parables. I'm going to stop. We're going to kind of talk through this today. So I'm going to stop for a minute and talk about who he's speaking to. And you'll notice that it says the Pharisees, the chief priests and the Pharisees in verse 45 of 21. You see it right above there. The chief priests and Pharisees uh, heard Jesus' parables. They knew he was talking about them, right? So it says uh, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, speaking to those who are religious or holy or righteous, teachers of the law, as it were. And Jesus says these things as a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. I I think it's a a powerful uh, thing to hear Jesus say, the kingdom of heaven is like. This isn't the only time it happens in Scripture, by the way. There's several times that Jesus uses these words. The kingdom of heaven is like this like that. And today, he says, it's like a king. And see, maybe you're like me and you missed that at first. You go, oh, the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding banquet, right? I said that. We're going to have some like party corner at the wedding banquet. But the kingdom of heaven is like a king, a ruler, an authority, a right, just uh, boss, you know, the man in charge. That's what the word says, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a king, who planned a wedding feast. It's more about being in his presence than being at the party, you see what I'm saying? It's more about his sovereign choice to put it together and to have the guests there and to have all the tables set and have everything arranged for us to show up and have a party. Because it's his kingdom. It's his rule and authority. And, And so that's the first thing is this idea that the kingdom of heaven is like a king. But did what? Who prepared a wedding banquet. For who? For his son. Right? I don't know if you guys watching the shows about, um, you know, the uh, who has what, you know, all the cool toys these days. I I don't know if anybody's frustrated with their stuff not working. You know, yesterday's technology is obsolete like today. Right? Um, And and you think about the the people who are wealthy, the people who are well-off, the people who have everything they could ever want. And you're like, man, I wish I had that. I wonder, um, you know, what would it be like to attend the banquet for a wedding for a son of a king? I mean, can you imagine being invited to that party, you know? Like, can you imagine, like, the valet system? You pull up in your beater car, you know, and there's a guy to park it next to the Bentleys. You know what I mean? Because he's like, he's like a prince. He's like, and this isn't just a party for my son, This is like a huge blowout party you're invited to because he's getting married. We celebrate weddings and marriages because they're once in a lifetime. This is the party of all parties. It says the kingdom of heaven is like that, like a king who plans a wedding feast for a son. Says that there were guests invited to the party. You see it there. He sent his servants to those who had been invited. Don't miss it. Past tense. They had been invited to the banquet to tell them it was ready, to tell them that it was prepared. They had all been invited. How many of you, if 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 you were invited to the banquet of wedding feast for a son of a king, would refuse to go? 
I mean, how many of you would just be like, I'm ready, man. I'll, I'll go. I have not been to a whole lot of fancy stuff in my life, but with some of the fanciest stuff, I went every time, you know? I mean, I went in there, I'm like, I, I could never afford any of this, you know? I remember one time I went over to St. Louis and we went to the Ritz-Carlton, which was a big deal, you know? And I was like, they came out, this is what tripped me out. This is a little, I don't know if you guys have ever been to fancy stuff. Anybody been to fancy stuff before? A few of you have, good for you. Most of us don't, right? We don't get invited there much. And um, not because we don't belong, just because we don't get invited much, right? I remember that the servers came by and took a knife and they scraped the crumbs off around my plate. I mean, off the tablecloth before they served the next course of the meal. Have you ever had somebody do that for you? Like, you've, you've eaten like a pig. I did not eat like a pig, I promise you, but I tried, but the bread was crumbly, and I thought, oh, that was such a good course, I'm waiting, and the servers came out, took my plate away, and then a guy with a napkin came, and he was, like, scraping off my crumbs so the table was clean for the next course. That's what I'm talking about, right? China or, or crystal, silverware, not flatware, not plasticware. That's what I have at my parties, by the way, plasticware. You know that, you've been to a few of them. Man, who, do, would you go to that? If you were invited, I'm asking you a real question. If you were invited to the party for a wedding for the son of a king today, would you respond and say, yeah, I'll go to that party? Heck yeah. I'll show up for the celebration. The stunning thing in Jesus' parable is what comes next, and I've already shared it with you, but it says this, but they refused what the word says who would refuse that who would refuse it look at what the word says in verse 4 then the king sent some more his servants and said let those tell those who have been invited that i have prepared my dinner my oxen and the fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready Come to the wedding banquet. Like, first of all, can you believe that these guys get a second chance to show up? They refuse to go. I'm not going to that party. The king says, wait, wait, wait. Some, some more servants, go out and tell them again. Do you understand what's waiting for you? Do you understand the table I've set for you? Do you understand that everything that's prepared everything that needs to be done is done he says the oxen has been slaughtered already i mean the, the meat's on the table there's no turning back it's gonna happen the party's on tell him the fatted calf has been butchered and listen to the word today everything is ready everything there's nothing left that needs to be done just to show up at the party He invites them again, come, come to the wedding party. Can you believe how exceedingly gracious and patient this king is? Man, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think about myself. If I had that kind of wealth and that kind of influence, and I invited people to my party, and they said no once, you're off the list. You will not get invited again. I'm serious, right? And yet this king in Jesus' parable is so patient and so enduring that he sends more servants. He says, come on, everything's ready. Will you not come to my party? Come and hang out. Come and celebrate my son's marriage. 
Verse 5, but they paid no attention and they went off, one to his field and another to his business. The rest of his ser- the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and then killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent his army to destroy those murderers and burn their city. They refused them again. They, they, I want to talk just for a second about um, what this looks like. He, he's, he's invited them. He's been patient. He's invited them again, right? And I want you to see something today, and this matters, man. I mean, I'm telling you what, right now in, in America, in our culture of indifference, this matters so much. This, what Jesus teaches right here about the celebration of, of God. The kingdom of heaven is like this. A God who is so patient saying, won't you come? Won't you partake of everything that's ready? Nothing needs to be done. And, and invitees who refuse repeatedly. Nope. I'm not going to that party. I'm not coming to your party. I'm not going to do it. I want you to see that there's, the king is enraged, is what the word says. The king is, is angry. He, he, he's burning with anger at the second refusal. But I want you to see what the actual refusal looks like. And, and some of us might read that. You know, if you read the scripture with me just now, you said, they paid no attention and went off, one to his field and the other to his business. They had the rest seized the servants, mistreated them, and killed them. And it said the king was enraged, you know? So I'm thinking, okay, so the king is enraged because they grabbed the servants and killed them. That's why he's upset with everyone. So one thing that enrages the king is refusal. Or, or, I mean, sorry, is, is persecution of his people. One thing that will enrage the king is persecuting his people. It will, it will, it will uh, get a response from the holy God in his kingdom. And I don't know if you guys watch the news, man, with me, but there's persecution. I had a conversation at, at Trivia Night with someone who has been praying for the persecuted church. You know, right now, we, we kind of go, you know what I mean? We're in the United States. We're pretty safe. You know, we got like drones flying over that our guys control. You know what I mean? No one, we're in Illinois. We're like, the, you know, really, really isolated here in the middle. They're going to attack up the Mississippi River. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How are we going to get here? You know, we're not in Chicago. We're not in L.A. We're not in New York. We're certainly not in the Middle East. Have you watched the news? about the kingdom of God? Have you watched the stories about people whose houses are marked to either stop believing in Jesus, to pay extraordinary fees to the enemies of Christ, to leave or to die? It's right now. The kingdom of God is like a king who's been so patient and sends his servants to invite others into the, into the banquet. But there's something more subtle going on in the text as well. Because we get that. The king's angry because they killed his servants. And you're like, yeah, man, that would make me mad too. It's not enough that you refused me, but you killed my servants. I'm angry about that. But I want you to see what happens before his servants are killed, before they are um, slaughtered for bringing this message of an invitation. It says this. They paid no attention, and they went off, one to his field and another to his business. They paid no attention. They were indifferent about the kingdom of God. I wonder, if they hadn't escalated into some violence, would the king still be enraged? 
would, would that still somehow so anger his righteousness that he's, he's prepared a feast? And, and you're invited. And yet you go, I don't have time for that. I don't, I don't want to mess with it, man. Life's complicated enough. I don't need to get into that stuff with you, king. I'm sorry. Look at what the word says. He, they went to, one to his field. Isn't that a funny way to put the word? <laughs> one went to his field in the king's you know, domain, the king's kingdom. The, the guy went to his field. I got my own stuff to worry about, king, over here, my plot of land. So I can't come to your party. I can't, I can't do that. I'm not willing to do that to be part of what you have going on. And, and then the second one, it says, went, uh, let me look here again. The other went to his business, right? I got important things to do. I'm achieving stuff. I, I don't have time for this right now. And they go on. I want to say one more thing, and we're going we're to move on from this idea here. The, um, the other thing is the word says that they mistreated his servants. And, and you know mistreatment, actually, it's, it means slander. Making fun, you know, giving them a hard time. <laughs> you know, you're inviting people to the kingdom of heaven? Sure you are. You know, you know the king personally? Sure you do. Right? It's kind of a mocking persecution is not just death threats, but assassinations of character. Well, you must be a moron if you think of that party's for you or me. It's the king. I'm not going to that. You must be a fool. It says he persecuted and mocked them, made fun of them, killed them, those who are serving the king. That's powerful stuff, man. So the king acted. I mean, the king responds. It says, he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and then burned their city. The field and the business they went back to was meaningless, right? They're going to go take care of a few things and ignore the king's party. They were building sandcastles, you know? It was going to be leveled of no effect because they had enraged the king. These are Jesus' words. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Sometimes we think it's so, you know, whatever. Believe what you want to believe. Do what you want to do. It's okay if you want to focus your whole life on your job or you focus your whole life on your field, what, what you have earned, what you have, what you hold in control. Go ahead. It's fine because Jesus is cool with that and God's cool with that, man. And Jesus tells this parable about a king who says, no, if I prepare a feast for you, if I prepare a place for you and you refuse to to come there'll be nothing left I wonder have you ever known anyone that's refused the kingdom of heaven have you ever known anyone that refuses the invitation they just go I don't, I don't want to mess with it you can go if you want to go <laughs> you can you can Believe in that king if you want to believe in that king, but I'm not going to do it. i got other things to worry about in my life. See, it's easy when we read the story. We go, what, those, what's wrong with those people? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they go? But the truth is that every day we refuse. Every day someone says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to the party. I'm not going to go to the king's mansion and celebrate. It's amazing. 
Check this out then. So this whole thing's about being invitational, right? So the king's invited people. They refuse to come. He's been exceedingly patient, invited them again. They've persecuted, they've killed his, his servants, and they've ignored him and them. They've ignored the invitation completely. So the king destroys them, but then look at what he says. Then he says to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. You see, it hasn't changed. The party's not off. The wedding banquet is still ready, servants, but those I invited did not deserve to come. That's a powerful word. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone that you find. So the original invitation list is gone. And just go out there, and it means like the highways, the passageways, the gathering places. It means public places. Go to the public places and just invite people. Do you want to go to the party of the king? Because he's got room. You want to come to the big party? And invite anyone that you find. That's what Jesus says. Go into the streets and invite anyone you find. So the servants went. Man, what a great word. So the servants went out into the streets, and they gathered all the people they could find, both the good and the bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Isn't that amazing? A few things I want to talk about here. Is it so once the original guest list is out, now we're going to backpack, backpedal a little bit here and say that this, he was talking to the Pharisees and, the, and the, uh, the, the law teachers, right? Those who were trying to trick him and trap him. The son of God, they were trying to trap him, right? And he was talking to them. And there's definitely the story in here of Israel refusing to receive the Messiah. That's definitely in here. The king had a list of who was included, but they wouldn't come. Right before that, the, go the gospel says uh, they knew he was talking about them. <laughs> so it's not, it's like, it's parables, but they get it. They understand. But you know, the funny thing is, I read that this, the same opportunity of offering is happening, and the same process of being too busy or refusing or persecution is happening now. Same things are still happening today. The amazing thing, though, and the good news is that we are still in the season of invitation. We, that's where we are. We are still in the place where he says, go into the street corners and invite those, anyone to the banquet that you find. So they went out and they invited the people they could find. They gathered them, both good and bad, and the wedding was filled with guests. Um, the banquet is ready, but they didn't deserve to come. The original invites... So servants went out and they gathered people. Check it out. The good as well as the bad. I know in the series we've talked about some things that have been hard to talk about. I get it, right? And, I, and it's, it's, it's risky and it's honest conversation. And I hope, I hope, hope, hope that as believers in Christ, we can have honest conversations and love people, love one another anyway. That we can have real struggles about what the kingdom of heaven looks like and love each other anyway. But here, the word says, Jesus' own mouth, he says, they invited the good and the bad. Come to the banquet. The people who don't belong on a list are invited. Come to the banquet. Come and join the celebration. Everything is ready. I want you to notice this. Jesus says, who didn't deserve to come? Who didn't deserve it? Did you guys catch it in there? The only people that don't deserve the kingdom are those that refuse. That's it. 
I won't go. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve to be in the king's presence. But the good and the bad, well, they're invited. And check it out, last thing here. The wedding hall was filled with guests. You ever wonder how many people are, how many, how many are going to be in the kingdom of heaven? Do you ever think about that? Who's going to be there in the kingdom of heaven? How much room is there at the table? Jesus gives an answer here. It's going to be full. It's going to be full. There won't be one empty seat at the banquet. Everyone has been invited and it will be full. But the question comes down to who will receive the invitation? Who will sit with the king at the table? The word actually says for guests there, um, with, was filled with guests. It's again, just to tie it back a little bit, those who are reclining at the table. Same idea as last week, those who are reclining at the table with Jesus. Same idea as two weeks ago, this wedding um, celebration, this miracle. Or, I'm sorry, it was last week, the miracle they performed at the wedding feast. A foreshadowing of what was going to happen. So, here's my question then. If you had a chance, if you had an invitation, would you want to see the kingdom of heaven? Would you want to be there? Would you want to be part of it? And I know if you're like me, and most people, I mean like almost everyone's going to say, well, yeah, you know, if there's a kingdom of heaven, if there's a party, I want to be there. And yet, as we know, so many continue to refuse. Some of us maybe continue to refuse. I'm not coming. So we've been doing this thing, challenges, and I want to share this last one with you, right? And uh, this is uh, my five. It's on the back of your sheet, your card there. And I wanted, I wanted you to be praying and thinking about five people that you would like to see in the kingdom of heaven. Like four real. I know it did not take me any time at all to populate my list with five people that I want to see in the kingdom of heaven that I believe right now are refusing to come. I won't go. No different methodology here. We're going to talk, we talked about last week. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for opportunity. Pray for truth. Pray for grace. Pray to stay in relationship. Five people that you would love to see at the banquet table. Listen to me. Five people that you might think don't deserve to be at the banquet table. Five people that you might think aren't good enough. Or maybe you think they're too good to sit with the king. Let God work on that with us. I want to pray here and then uh, we'll wrap up with the final bit of teaching here from Scripture. Uh, Father God, we come here today because, first of all, we acknowledge that uh, you've invited us by your grace uh, into the space with you. Uh, the space that, that wise, holy people refused in their foolishness. Father God, would, would uh, you help us not be counted among them today? Would, would you help us to be, kind, be the kind of people who would say, yeah, I want to go. 
And, and then, Father, we've, we've had this conviction to think of people that we want to see there, that we want to see in your kingdom, and not motivated out of fear, but motivated out of joy, that they would be included. Would you bring them to mind right now for each of us, that we would know who you've positioned us to invite? Father, for the, the mystery of your teaching in the scriptures, they're holy. We give you thanks and praise today. And we pray that not only we hear them, not only we think, oh, that's, that's right, but that we would live differently because of them. Would you compel us? Would you give us opportunity? Would you give us uh, compassion and passion to invite others? Be part of what you're doing in your kingdom. I thank you so much for the opportunity you've given us. I pray for every brother and sister, every heart and mind, every person in this room, that they would know that they're, in, they're invited and that they can invite others as well. Help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. So the last thing I want to talk about is this. The story wraps up this way, the parable. But then the king came to see the guests, and he noticed there was a man who was not wearing wedding clothes there. Friend, he asked, how did you get in without wedding clothes? But the man was speechless. So the king told the attendant, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. And this last verse, you might go, well, that's troubling that even someone gets in that gets thrown out of the kingdom, that doesn't get to stay. But I want to say to you that proper attire is required. Scripture is replete with the idea that we are covered, clothed, sanctified, you know, glorified in Christ's offering for us. Easter, Good Friday, the sacrifice on the cross is a celebration that he died to pay for our sins so that you and I, sinners though we are, are invited to be part of his kingdom. And here then we realize that you must wear, you must wear the proper clothes. So I want to know today, I asked the question earlier, would you refuse? I'm going to invite you today to respond to the gospel. If you have never believed it's for you, I would pray that you would believe it today. If you've never accepted your role and responsibility in the king's court, that you would accept it today. I'm part of what you're doing in this life and the life to come. If you know Jesus as both Savior and Lord, you are definitely part of the kingdom celebration. It is for his son, after all, and it is a wedding feast. This is about you getting real with God, though, about what are you willing to receive and what are you going to refuse?